You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. Hey there. There's a quote that says, the tragedy of life is what dies inside a man while he lives. And that fits very neatly with today's conversation. We grow up, we get caught up in the shoulds and musts of life, and sometimes important things slip away, or they wither, because we don't give them the time. Then one day we wake up and we wonder where the joy has gone. Today, I'm talking to Claire McKinnon, a coach, speaker, and educator who supports corporate leaders who feel all consumed by their working lives. Claire shares how rediscovering an almost forgotten childhood love helped her to bring joy back into her life at a time when she needed it most, a theme that resonates strongly with those who feel caught in the whirlwind. Let's hear how it went. So Claire, you wrote an absolutely amazing post on LinkedIn and I think I emailed you almost straight away after that because I really, really wanted to talk to you about it. Could you just summarise it for us? What, What was it in that post that resonated so much with me? So I shared the story of how, as a, I guess, as a mother of two on the treadmill of corporate life, I rediscovered my joy of dancing. It was something that I'd loved doing as a girl. I loved being on the stage, actually, and at my school, um, we used to put on shows every year, and I just have very happy memories of being part of that whole production, the lights, the glitter, the costumes. And I kind of stopped doing all of that as I got older, as I hit my late teens and GCSEs were looming. You know, I started to think about what would get me into university and I decided Mm -hmm. to focus on other things. And yeah, dancing kind of slipped out of my life. And um, yeah, I left uni, got a job, did all the things you're supposed to do. kept getting promoted, got married, had children. And then it was when I was in a very difficult time in my life. Um, I'd recently separated from my husband and I would say I was, you know, yeah, close to rock bottom and in a job that was, that was very demanding. I'm not quite sure what it was, but I just had this kind of intuitive hit one day that I should go and try this salsa class, which I did with a friend from work. And it just really opened up something for me that had, I realized it had been missing from my life. And it just gave me so much energy. And I think actually helped me get through a lot of what I was dealing with at the time. It really did help me be resilient. And on paper, it was, a th- you know, it almost sounds frivolous. You know, how, <laughs> how might that help you overcome all these challenges? But it really, it really did. And I kept doing it. And then the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. And then it led me on to other types of dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it, it, I think what you've just said there, um, it will resonate with so many people because, you know, we, we do set things aside, the things that make our lives worth living, that give us quality of life and so on. Um, in that kind of melee of trying to juggle kids, juggle work, juggle all the responsibilities, we set aside the things that actually keep us going. Mm -hmm. And I think 
part of the thing is that we don't realize how important they are and that the the tail off is so gradual that we're not sure that that's the thing that's missing. We've we've forgotten what that gave us. And we wonder why we burn out. We wonder why we are feeling so bad. Is that kind of what it was for you? I think yeah, you've described I think you've described it really well then, this sort of slipping away, like almost an ebbing away of things that you know, certainly for me that made me me. And one thing I've rediscovered in more recent years is that I am a very creative person. I am an expressive person. I love expressing myself in different ways and dance was one way I could do that as a child. Um but when I, yeah, when I entered these different environments, the corporate environment, I think I felt a need to conform. Even in my studies at university, I did classical music at Birmingham, and it was mainly about studying, you know, what other people had created, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. And when I performed, it was, I was in an orchestra performing kind of the same as everyone else. So it was this kind of conformity. And yet I think that the true, the kind of essence of this thing that I really loved did slip out of my life, almost just slipped out the back door. Didn't really give it much thought at the time. Mm. And you're right as well, that that environment of, um, you know, being in a grown up yeah. world and having to do grown up things. Actually, one of the guests who is going to be with me in a few weeks, um, you know, he deals with techniques that deliberately involve play in work. Mm. And I think that's something actually that is very much missing. You mentioned doing this as a child and then it kind of, you know, you're sort of shunted into these paths that are supposed to lead you down the road to being a proper human grown up type person (laughs) who does all the proper human grown up type things. But in actual fact, you know, we're as there's so many quotes that come to mind about this. You know, there's the one that we don't um, stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. And also Walt Whitman, you know, we contain multitudes and and those um, inner joyful childlike moments are still there. And and play is, I think, so underestimated. Um, And dance, of course, and movement and all these things are underestimated in how they help us to grow and thrive and learn and stay in a, a space that is productive. Yeah. And not fall below that line where we can actually just keep keep everything moving and, and going. Yes, no, absolutely. And I think another thing that can cause almost that play to slip out of our life is things that are play, that start out as play, become something else. So, you know, I think when I started... Uh, playing the violin for example that was because it was fun and I wanted to try something new and my dad used to come and come to my lessons and there was 15 of us it became something it was it was something then I studied Mm. and I don't regret playing the violin at all but it became something else then it became what I did a degree in and Mm. um, you know even something as simple as walking you know I like to walk and I've noticed when I wear a Fitbit, I enjoy it less because then it becomes about <laughs> doing the 10,000 steps. But it's this kind of, yeah, this kind of, I guess, you know, it's in our culture, isn't it? This kind of productivity, like to measure things, productivity, yeah. achievement. Yeah. And then, yeah, that can take something away from it. For me, certainly, that's what I found. Yeah. But when I, I guess, dance was just this, oh, I'm doing this for the, the pure, pure joy of it. And 
And I noticed the first time I did that, that first class I went to, when I got home, I couldn't sleep. I lay awake, it must have been till two or three in the morning, because I felt, I just felt so, I was just flooded. I mean, you can probably tell me what the hormones were, Deirdre. <laughs> but I was flooded with all these hormones. And um, part of me was thinking, well, you can't do this every Tuesday because you've got to get up in four hours and go to work. But it, it, I've literally felt 20 years younger. I felt like a, a girl again. It was, it was very um, visceral. And, you know, it, I just wanted to go back and feel this again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I actually can completely associate with that feeling that you had because there was something very similar happened to me. And it wasn't something that I'd ever done before, but I when I was I was I think I was 39 and I decided well I didn't even decide. I had this um real sensation that I had to find this thing that was Japanese and had swords and I had to try that. And I didn't even know what it was called, but I, I found it. It was called Kendo. And I went along and I had this first session. And I remember coming out of that room at the end of it. And I went and I sat in the car and it was like, oh, my God, what just happened there? That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that that's been one of my outlets as well. That Again, I don't do that for any particular reason. I mean, there are lots of reasons to do it and there are lots of benefits that I get from it. But, you know, it's not a inverted commas productive activity. It's just something that adds to my quality of life. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that people let slip. Mm. That That's the real crux of it here, isn't it? And yeah. getting to that stage where you have forgotten almost who you were when you had those things. Yeah. Yeah, and and it is hard to create the space for it when you're in that, you know, when you're busy and you have responsibilities and it can feel impossible. I think there's this, um, you know, there's this belief we can have that, oh, we can do that, you know, that thing we've been wanting to try or that class that we, we know we'd love, <laughs> you know, once we've kind of earned it, once we have done everything else that needs doing, we can kind of reward ourselves with mm. that. And then I think the challenge is also for a lot of people is that we hold ourselves to very high standards about what, you know, having your work done looks like. So it, we, we then get stuck in this cycle and we never create the space for it. But it's that, I guess, what I really take a stand for now in my daily life. And this is something that I support my clients do because I think this can be a good place to start is actually how could you start your day mm. with a little piece of joy mm. so for me that is I dance for at least five minutes and everyone can find five minutes somewhere you know it, yeah. it really can be tiny and that can just shift how you're feeling as you go into your day how you show up for people mm. and it can feel it, you know, just, it can feel frivolous. It can feel radical. It can feel, it's like almost one of those things, you know, you you don't believe it till you try it. Um, mm. But I think once you give yourself that little, little kind of piece of it, then you might feel inspired to do something a bit bigger and realize, oh, this is, mm. this is a benefit, of course. Perhaps I will try that class or whatever it is. Yeah, there's a, there's a phrase that I use um, and I think, it, it, we do have to prioritize these things for a start. We actually we have yeah. to we have to take responsibility for us 
for us. And and that, I think, is is the thing. You know, I definitely believe that self-care is a responsibility. It's not an accessory. It's not, you know, uh, bubble baths and chocolates and all the rest of it. Self-care is about finding the things that help us to create fulfillment. Mm. And that, yeah, it's so important. Um, I think people are losing out. They are falling into spaces. They're falling between the cracks and not noticing what it is that is missing. Mm. Yeah, and if if we look at the things that are important for our well-being, play is definitely in there. Yeah. Play and rest yeah. and uh, new things, novelty. It's Yeah. So in in right, dance for 5 minutes. That's a good example because that you can put that in anywhere. You can go, right, okay, hey, you know that meeting finished early, going to up bop it out. I've done it in toilet cubicles before. <laughs> when, I, when I was in, I have, you know, because it's a pick me up as well. Yeah. It kind of helps me feel. I was partly inspired uh, with that by Amy Cuddy's TED talk mm. on. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, I could stand with a power pose or actually I could put my music on. And yeah, <laughs> it's portable. It is portable. As well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've actually done a series for people um, previously, which was, you know, about like um, these little techniques that you can do in mm-hmm. anything from one to five minutes just to kind of recalibrate a little bit. What what other things can really we pack? What can we pack into those tiny spaces? Well, I see this is the thing. I think it's really important because I think there's so much advice on this out there, mm. <clears throat> you know, start with some mindfulness or meditation or go for a walk. I I really believe it's about kind of almost tuning into what it is for you because what I do isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. As I have shared this with more people, a lot of women in particular have gone, oh, yeah, I, I, used, yeah, I used to love dancing. I used to love going clubbing and, <laughs> you know, um, and it, it does appeal. So it's definitely one. But, um, you know, I've had some clients who just want to be outside first thing in the morning. So, but they haven't necessarily got time to go for a walk. So they just, you know, put their coat on. It sounds, this sounds silly, but like literally put their coat on and drink their coffee outside, outside their back door. So they're mm. actually out in the, in the air. And that to them is a little tiny taste of, of joy. It yeah. might be, you know, you, if you love taking photos, it might be that you sit with your photos mm-hmm. that you've taken and you play around with them and edit them. It could be anything. Yeah. But I think there's something about setting up so it's easy, so you don't have to kind of get loads of stuff out. So, yeah, the dancing, just whack on Spotify, off I go. Mm. You know, in the photo example, you'd have mm. it already, perhaps the night before, something like that. Um, yeah, because building yeah. habit is part of this as well, yeah. isn't it? And it is. yeah. um, I mean, you can call it habit stacking or whatever you want. But if you actually make it easier to do that, like you've just yes. said, then you're more yeah. likely to do it, which will help you to build that, um, build a habit yeah. and build the resilience that goes with it. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that that is really important. And as well, what you said about, you know, we're all individuals and we have individual likes, dislikes and interests. Um, yeah. I think what's also interesting here is this idea of going back to the thing that made you lose track of time when you were a kid, that thing mm, that you were, yeah. you always kind of found your way to do. And for a lot of us, there's a grown up version of that. 
Yeah, for yes. me, it was uh, I was forever sitting under the bookshelf reading. And that's kind of what I do a lot these days as well. I just happen to do it with other people now. But it, that, yeah. that makes it more fun. And we read kind of grown up stuff. But, you know, we still have very silly conversations about it. Um, but yeah, it's it is tracking back a little bit. It's remembering what inspired you, I suppose, isn't mm. it? Um, and finding ways to include that. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of just following those breadcrumbs. And yeah, there might be small things you do. And then that might lead you on to explore something else. I think there's something about, you know, I love what you said about it. it is play. It's, you know, when children play, if you watch children play in a, you know, in a toddler group or something, they're exploring one thing. Oh, and then they see something else. And it's allowing ourselves to do that. Try, maybe try different things. Mm. Um and see what feels good, let go of any preconceptions about what it looks like. Because I think there can be something, you know, often experts on social media are saying, you know, have a morning practice, you know, you journal and then you meditate. And and then it, you know, I've tried that myself. It starts to feel like another thing I haven't done. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done yeah. it right. That's so right. And yeah, I think this idea that it's play, I mean, that's mm. um, one of the things about play I don't know. Uh, I maybe mentioned John Holt to you when we were talking previously, but there's a great book called How Children Learn. And he talks about in that about, you know, when kids discover a thing, an object or whatever it is, they will just play with it and see what they can do with it. But as soon as an adult moves in to show them how to use it, they sort of they start to lose interest. Mm. But so this idea that we're just playing, that we don't we have to let go of the outcome when it's play, because it is exactly. otherwise it becomes a productive activity. Yeah. That's um, it's maybe not the antithesis of play, but it certainly gets in the way of that moment of joy, that moment of, right, well, I have no idea what's going to happen. Let's just see. Let's just be open to that. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Hmm. (laughs) So, Claire, where, where would you like to see this go just for 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 people to think about this, to reflect on it, um, what what questions would you get them to start asking themselves? Yeah, I would, so I, I kind of see that our, our energy is like, a lot of this metaphor, our energy is like a bucket of water. And there are so many things that require watering. You know, we have to pour them on, pour them on. Some things, when we do that, you know, parts of our jobs we love, it, it's self-replenishing other parts perhaps less so. But I think this can be a useful way to think of it. How can you proactively top that up? How can you top up that bucket with things that bring you joy? So I definitely invite um, anyone listening to this to think about what those small things might be. But daydreaming about what you used to do, like you said, Deirdre, when time stood still, you know, when I, I, I started um, with the salsa and Ciroc and all of that, and I had a very um, strong memory of, of being on the stage when I saw my daughter dance in our kitchen. She was dancing to The Greatest Showman, and it kind of, I literally almost went back in time and remembered how I felt, and I was like, of course, <laughs> mm. that's what's next. Yeah. And we all have these... We all have these memories of moments in our own lives where, yeah, we did, we felt alive, fully alive, carefree, you know, real kind of peak experiences. I think those can give us clues. And I think they are often 
from our younger days. So it's when we were, were kids or teenagers. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose there's one other thing as well that, um, you know, those of us who can't let go of the uh, the productivity, the analysis, all of those things, there is something very, very useful that we can do to um, to work out whether we're going along the right lines or not with the the thing that we choose to reintroduce that joy and that play and so on. And that is tracking. That is mm. um, noticing how our day goes if we include this, how our mood yes. is, how our sleep is, um, noticing what happens when we don't get that for a day or two or three. And then we can actually, if you need to, we can justify that this deserves yes. a place in our lives because it has these beneficial effects. Absolutely. I love that, actually. I've never um, quite thought of it in that way. Yeah. I think to get started, that that's a really cool way of seeing it. Almost like a, you're, you know, looking to prove a hypothesis. Exactly. If I, <laughs> if I do this, <laughs> yeah, and have a control day where you don't or, or two and then you can compare. Yeah. Yeah. So, Claire, look, I think that has been an absolutely fabulous conversation and hopefully it will spark some um, thoughts and ideas for people and maybe get them to question it, whether or not they need to just do stuff that makes them feel good. Yeah. So thank you again for coming in. I really appreciate this. And I so loved hearing about your reintroduction to dance because like so many of us, I, I also love to dance. And then there was just this time in my life when it didn't happen. Um it came out actually in my son. My son's a dancer now, so that, oh, wow. that, that worked out nicely. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for the invite. It's been yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Claire. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast and just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.